Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. Now, I want to slow down on this point because I think that there are massive misconceptions in the body of Christ at large regarding this concept of what it means for a Christian to be a sojourner, what it means for a Christian to be a stranger in this land. We often hear people say, this world is not my home. Or you might even see on the back of a car the not of this world acronym. And there's a scriptural, biblical truth in that. That is true. But the question is this. As Christians, particularly for you and I as New Covenant, New Testament Christians, 2,000 years after the finished work of Christ at Calvary, In what way are we sojourners? Because there are different kinds of sojourners. Let me give you at least two primary examples. Israel, they were as a nation sojourners when they were in exile and captivity in Babylon for 70 years. If you read the book of Jeremiah, you see one of the famous passages, Jeremiah 27, It's the same chapter where it says, you know, I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, these kinds of things. Well, also, in that same chapter, we find uh, the portion of Scripture that says that to the Israelites, it says, if the city prospers, you will prosper. And backing up just a few verses, what they're commanded by God through the prophet Jeremiah to do in this season of exile and captivity in Babylon is to take off their coat and stay a while, to understand that that this is is going to be a longer season, that they're not going to be delivered overnight. And so what they should do is build houses and plant vineyards and give their daughters in marriage and have their sons marry daughters. They they should seek to, to build a home, albeit temporary, but still to build a home in Babylon in the midst of exile and captivity, knowing that that if the city prospers, if they lend towards the good of their captors, which is something that you typically would not want to do. You don't want to bless the people who have imprisoned you. But what the Lord says to Jeremiah is, is, if you build wealth in this place, it will benefit the city. But if the city prospers, you will prosper alongside it. If the tide comes in and rises, all the ships will rise alongside it. Now, the problem is that I think many Christians today would look at Israel and their season of 70 years in captivity in Babylon, where they were sojourning strangers, exiles in Babylon and say that is the sense in which a New Testament Christian is a sojourner in this world today. I would disagree. I believe 
The Bible teaches that the New Testament Christian, you and I, are sojourners in the world today, not in the same sense that Israel was a sojourner in their captivity, temporary captivity in Babylon for 70 years, but in the way that Abraham was called to be a sojourner in this new land that God would show him. And what does that mean? What it means is that when Israel was sojourning, uh, sojourning, being strangers and exiles in Babylon, the reason why God had to command them in Jeremiah chapter 27, the reason why it was necessary for God to speak through the prophet Jeremiah and say, build, is because everyone in Israel knew this isn't our final destination. That's why that was a necessary di directive given by God through the prophet. Because Israel knew we're in captivity. We're no, this is not the land that we're meant to inherit. We've been taken from that land due to our disobedience. We are under God's fatherly discipline for a moment, but this is temporary. This is not where we're going to build a new Jerusalem. This is not where we're going to establish the temple. This is not where we're going to leave a, a multi-generational inheritance and heritage for the people of God for coming centuries and millennia. They knew that. And that's why God had to tell them through a prophetic word, listen, this is temporary. This is captivity. This is not your final destination. This is not the promised land, but you're going to be here longer than you think. And so you should build and get to work. Right? That's why they had to be given that directive. Because they knew we're sojourning in a land that we are not meant to inherit. We are, are sojourners in a land that we're meant to be delivered from. And I think that's the sense in which the vast majority of New Testament Christians today, evangelicals, view their role as strangers in this world. We're strangers in this world like Israel was strangers in their captivity in Babylon. And just like Israel, after 70 years, they were delivered and redeemed out of, of Babylon and taken out into their true inheritance, their true destination, the land of promise. So too we, within 70, 80, 85, 90, 100 years, depending how long the Lord grants for us to live, we too will be delivered from Babylon. And, and we refer to the whole earth as though, it's, as though it's symbolic, synonymous with Babylon. And that this is not our home. We are strangers living in this world as captives. And that God is going to deliver us by Christ's return or by our own death, he will deliver us from this captivity, this world of Babylon, and take us to the promised land, which is an ethereal, spiritual, heavenly place somewhere else. The problem is this entirely negates the, the, the biblical principles of God establishing his kingdom on earth. This entirely disregards the new heavens and the new earth, that the, the heavens will come to earth, that in the return of Christ and his final return, whether it be 15 years from now or 15,000 years from now, that Christ is going to restore the earth. He's not going to give the world a mercy killing. Christ is not going to return and take this physical world out back behind the woodshed and put it down. 
No, Christ is going to redeem the world. The scripture says that, that even the creation itself groans with eager expectations for the sons of God to be revealed. And that is not meant to be interpreted as the creation, the trees, the rocks, the mountains are desirous for the sons of God to be revealed in the final stages of this church age so that the creation, the earth itself, can give way and dissolve, be annihilated, and be replaced by the sons of God in a kingdom of heaven somewhere else. That's not what the scripture is teaching. Christ, in the same way that he's redeeming you, Christ is going to redeem this world. And he is redeeming this world. And so I believe that the better way of understanding New Testament passages that speak of the church as being strangers, that speak to the church as being sojourners, that is absolutely biblically true. But you should always ask, when you read a text like that in the New Testament, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Ask yourself, in what way is the New Testament church a sojourner? Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, in his Sermon on the Mount, that the meek will inherit heaven. No. The meek will inherit the earth. See, Abraham was led by God to go to leave his family, his, his kindred, his place of origin, the land that he had known, to go to another land that the Lord would show to him. And in this other land, he was going to be a stranger. Meaning what? It's not his native land. The people might look different than him, talk different than him. Certainly, we know from Scripture, it would be an idolatrous land. They would have different gods than him. It was going to be a pagan land with idols, false cultures, false worship, all these different things. And Abraham was going to feel out of place. He was going to be outnumbered. He was going to be the sore thumb that stuck out. He was going to be the stranger, the immigrant. But the difference is he was going to be the sojourner in this land until he and his descendants conquered the land. He was not going to this new land to be a sojourner until eventually God delivered him and took him somewhere else. No, he was going to a new land to be a sojourner until eventually he and his descendants took the land, conquered the land. So the question is this, when we look at the New Testament church, do we have more in common? Do we have more in common with Israel in exile in Babylon, where the solution of God is to take us out and put us somewhere else because it's not the place to be? because we're currently in exile and captivity, under God's discipline, being judged for our sin, our stiff-neckedness, our stubborn hearts against God's commandments? Or do we have more in common with Abraham? And he's not the only example. Another would be Joshua. Joshua and the people of Israel, when they crossed the Jordan River, when Joshua went into full swing as Moses' successor and they finally entered the land of Canaan, they were sojourners. They were in a foreign land. They were the strangers. They were the ones who stuck out. It wasn't their land yet. Yet. They were brought into that land as strangers, but not for 70 years of captivity to eventually be delivered and taken out. No, they were brought into that land as strangers to eventually take the land over. 
to conquer the land. When Jesus says the meek will inherit the earth, one of the things that Jesus is telling us is that, as he says elsewhere, my kingdom is not of this world. What does that mean? People often say, you know, Christians should not be involved in politics. Christians shouldn't care about their nation or these kinds of things. Why? Well, because Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Yes, but is it in this world? Jesus' kingdom not being of this world, what Christ is saying in that is that he does not rule the kingdoms of this world the way that human earthly kings do. But Jesus is not saying that he doesn't have a stake in this world or that he doesn't care about this world or that he's not a king of this world. Jesus, think about this. The Bible clearly says, if nothing else, we're Christians. Certainly we can agree with this. Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. Have you ever asked the question, who are those other kings that Jesus is king of? And who are those other lords that Jesus is Lord of? Right? The Bible doesn't just say Jesus is a king among other kings, or that Jesus is the best king. No, it says one of the things he's king of, kings are kings of their subjects, but Jesus is not just king of subjects, he's king of kings. And he's not just lord of those who are a part of his household and his territory, but lord of lords. Which kings is Jesus king of? Which lords is Jesus lord of? Earthly kings and earthly lords. Meaning Jesus is king over, not just king in heaven in a spiritual sense, but Jesus is king in a tangible sense. Jesus' kingdom is in heaven and on earth. He says when he sends us out in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, disciple nations. Go, as Abraham did, and go into places where at first... You may be a stranger. You may be the alien. But by God's grace, as you have faith and obey, your descendants will eventually conquer the land. And not by sword, not by coercion, not by violence, but by the sword of the Spirit that is sharper than any double-edged sword, that has the power to cut through spirit and flesh, bone and marrow, that cuts the hearts of men and brings about faith and repentance. Baptize the nations. Disciple the nations. Jesus is king of kings. That means he is king on earth over the earthly kings, Lord of lords. His lordship has an earthly reality. He is Lord over earthly lords. And we as his people, we are, in a sense, we are sojourners. We are strangers. The New Testament speaks to this. You got to do something with those verses in the Bible. You can't just write them off. Certainly we are sojourners. Certainly we are strangers. But in what sense? Strangers in captivity, like Israel in Egypt for 400 years, like Israel in Babylon for 70 years? Or are we strangers like Israel under the leadership of Joshua going into the land of Canaan? We're the outsiders, we're the strangers, and, and you better bow the knee to our God like Rahab because this is our land. 
Oh, hi, I didn't see you there. Thanks for sticking around. I've got an important announcement to make. That's the Theonomy and Postmillennialism Conference. 2023, May 5th, 6th, and 7th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Theonomy and Postmillennialism. We've got the speakers that we've already had lined up. That's Dr. James White, Dr. Joseph Boot, Dr. Gary DeMar, non-doctor Pastor Joel Webin. But we also have a bonus speaker, and that is Dale Partridge from Real Christianity. Perhaps you've heard of him. If not, you should start listening to his podcast. It's fantastic. Dale Partridge is going to be joining our team. We're going to have live panels on Friday night and Saturday night where you'll be able to write in questions and get them answered. We're also going to have a catered barbecue Texas-style barbecue meal on Friday that's a part of your registration fee. All that is covered. So you need to get that. This is how you do it. Go and register right now at rightresponseconference.com. Again, that's rightresponseconference.com. God bless.